Welcome to Slice of Disney, an awesome Disney theme park podcast. I am your host, Kelly Washington, Disney-obsessed enthusiast and real-life Tinkerbell. And I'm your co-host, Will Lentz, a rare Disney-goer <laughs> um, and real-life guy that was like his favorite part, I think, of... Uh, of Disneyland world growing up was like the Imagination Stations or Imagineers or whatever it was. We've talked about it before. Yeah, like that at Epcot. Yeah. And you would go around and like at each country you would get to add little things yeah. to whatever craft yeah. they had. So I've always thought the Imagineers were very cool, which makes me very excited about today's episode. Yes, uh, I'm very excited. We're kind of going to jump into it pretty quickly because I have a feeling this is going to be a long one. But before we do, check in. How's it going? That's going all right, you know? <laughs> uh, I started watching Moon Knight. That's been pretty good. I'm getting ready to... I want to go see uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Have you seen anything about that movie? I, yeah, I have. I want to see it. Um, my I, friend went and said it was wonderful. It, he went I've, to like a premiere for it. So many people I've, that I've seen have been like, I cried and I, I cried myself from laughing too much. And then I cried from being emotionally affected by it i you know who knows i haven't seen it yet i'm not vouching for it but it sounds like it'd be great well uh what i did disney related watch finally and finish was boba fett yeah yeah um uh, my favorite did you like the power rangers in it who are the power oh yeah yeah <laughs> it's the worst part of that movie or my, that show. That, my favorite part was the very end when baby yoda is happy because he jumps yeah. to light speed. And yeah. I was like, that was the best part of the whole show. I mean, the Mando parts were the best parts of that show. Like the episode five or six, whatever, when it's like just Mando. Like yeah. that part's pretty good. It's like pretty cool. The rest is, I mean, I just didn't think it was very good. I'm sorry. I struggled. I'm not sure if it's because we've had more time to get Mando, get to know Mando mm-hmm. and Grogu. Like, so you care more. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but I... I didn't like it as much as Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, still love, you know, the Star Wars shows, and it is cool to see some of these characters come to life. Bootsy's making an appearance on this episode. That's great. Everybody um, wants to hear from her. Everybody wants to hear her, Boots. Um, okay. Know, what? And you know who else everybody wants to hear from. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to tell a little story, and we're going to introduce someone I'm super geeked is here. So, story time about our guest today. Uh, I have a friend who also loves Disney, and she happened to be going, and she was like, you should come because I'm friends with Disney royalty. And so I was like thinking royalty is like someone like me who just is obsessed and weird and like knows <laughs> course, way too many of facts. Of course you think. You're like, royalty like me? <laughs> like me? I was like, oh, so this person's going to lo- know a lot of stuff. So um, my friend Sarah introduces me to our wonderful guest, Haley Claire, who uh, is actual Disney royalty and is the granddaughter of the first ever female Imagineer, Harriet Burns. So welcome, Haley. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. This is super fun. (laughs) We were, uh, like I said, I literally thought it was going to be like, she's just a nerd like me. And then I was like, oh, you're a nerd, but like... (laughs) deservingly (laughs) well I mean don't get me wrong I am I am totally like like a nerd I am a Diz nerd through and through (laughs) absolute geek she has a Tinkerbell in her shirt so she's allowed to be here I do it's my newest shirt I just got it from the new store in Fantasyland the new like Merlin one yeah it's so cute I haven't actually gone in there yet 
But I'm going tomorrow, so. So you got to make sure you make it there. It's totally charming. Um, So first of all, uh, tell our audience about you so they know that you're you're not just some Disney nerd. (laughs) Hi, everyone. I'm Haley Claire. Um, And as Kelly mentioned, I am the granddaughter of Disney legend Harriet Burns. Um, And... Uh, just a little bit about me before we dive into the just well of information about my grandmother. So much. I'm so ready. <laughs> um, I am an actor, a singer, and a voiceover artist. Uh, I live in Burbank, recently relocated from New York City. Um, and I grew up doing a lot of musical theater, lots of performing. Um, I unfortunately did not inherit the visual art aspect from my grandmother. That's my sister. <laughs> she got the visual art and the design. I got the performing arts and the stage. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, so I grew up doing a whole bunch of theater and then I lived in New York for eight years, um, did the musical theater thing, uh, out there and just moved here to try and, you know, hit it on camera and in the voiceover world. Yeah, that's a grind. I was, I was just telling her before we did this that, cause I've been doing voiceover stuff and obviously I do this. So mm-hmm. I, my voice I record it quite often. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, uh, like when we first started, I was so awkward. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And we're we're still there sometimes. Um, uh, <laughs> is this your first time living like within proximity to a park? Uh, yes, actually. Um, I grew up in Northern California, and so it was always a big, exciting. Sure trip for us to make it down to Anaheim and go to Disneyland with grandma. You know, it was like the whole thing. We'd go stay with her in Montecito, which is where she lived. And then we'd like take the trip to Disneyland. We'd do the whole thing for a couple of days. Would you guys ever cheat on Disneyland and go to Disney World? The first time I went to Disney World, I was nine. Um, And that was like a big trip. We went for the whole week. Grandma treated the whole family. It was for my mom's 50th birthday, I think. Oh, fun. Um, And so... I had I had many years of Disneyland under my belt <laughs> before we actually made it across to Florida. Um, but that was really exciting. And the Florida parks have changed a lot since then, too. And I've been several times since then. Oh, yeah. They're constantly changing. I'm just curious, like, as a, as a kid, I feel like everybody has, like, memories, like, that are their first, like, Disney memories as a kid, especially, like, Disney fans. Like, and, and since you had a different upbringing uh, and a different entryway into the parks, like, what is it that, like, do you have one, like, key thing that you're, like, obviously going with family that can kind of show you, like, oh, these are the stuff that I did. Like, is there something that stands out, like, an early childhood memory with the park? Um, yeah, I mean, I we went almost every single year, and I don't, I couldn't even tell you when my first trip was. It was probably, like, before memories happened, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I distinctly remember staying in the Disneyland Hotel. Um, we would always stay there with my grandma. Um, and... You know, because she would get super discounts and things like that. Uh, and I remember walking through the Disneyland Hotel and, like, everything sparkling and being like, <laughs> wow. Um, and I also distinctly remember being on rides with my grandma and, like, begging her to tell me how they did stuff. Oh, and cool. she would not tell me. That really? She would never reveal how they did it. And I was so convinced for years, like, that the fire in the Pirates of the Caribbean was, like, actual real fire. <laughs> like, my little kid brain just could not wrap my head around the fact that there was some kind of, like... Yeah. You know, yeah. I remember when we... we oh, we, yeah. We, we did a Pirates episode, and originally, I guess, that the, the flames were, like, too real, that mm-hmm. they had to change them mm-hmm. very quickly, because people are like, that's real fire! They, like, kept calling the fire uh, department or something, yeah, they kept, like, yeah. crazy like that. Um, 
it's sure, funny urban to, legend, but still. Yeah, I, ahead, sorry. it's funny to me that even as a kid, a tiny little baby child, you were already craving those facts and that behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, we knew that grandma had built it. Like we knew that she had worked on all of these things. And I always thought that was super cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had no idea that like tons of other people around the world also thought that was really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, sure. And, uh, you know, so it's like, like I recently went again to the park with my niece who's eight and she is still 100% believes that like everything in Disneyland is real. Like that is where the Aww. princesses live. Aurora lives in the castle and, um, and all of that. And we had to kind of start to tell her cause we wanted her to go on some of the more like slightly thrilling rides. Sure. We were like, it's safe. It's pretend. And she was like, what do you mean it's pretend? Aww. I thought everything in Disney was real. And I was like, it, it is. Um, the shoot. night stuff is real. <laughs> Kylo Ren is fake. But so she still has that wonder and that like that total belief. But going with my grandma and knowing that she had built it, I was just like, well, this is cool. She built it. And so I, I don't think I ever had that illusion that it was like truly, truly real. Yeah. But it didn't make it any less magical. Of course. Oh, I'm sure. I... I was also, part of the reason I was excited to do this today was because we've been, we've been struggling with, with doing some of these episodes and you think about like the current situation in the parks and like, it's rough, you know, there's like just not a lot of magic on the corporate side happening. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to get kind of geeky and excited. And so I always get, the part that really interests me is the history Mm -hmm. and all of these people who were just really creative and were like, here you go here's my brain on paper or sculpted. Mm-hmm. Like, um, So for those who don't know who Harriet Burns is, how did your grandma, what's her history? Um, so my grandma, she uh, was working, how she made her way into Disney. Um, it was the early 50s. And she was working at a uh, company called Dice. I believe it was out of Las Vegas. That makes um, sense. Makes yeah, sense. Yeah. And she was doing like hotel, um, you know, window displays. And Santa's workshop was another thing she did. She like built the village, you know, for Christmas time and a bunch of stuff like that. But then Dice folded and she was out of a job. And one of her friends uh, who worked at Dice was like, hey, I hear Disney's hiring. Um, I think he's like building a park or has this wild idea or something. Do you want to come and interview with me? And rumor has it, and my sister thinks she distinctly remembers my grandma telling this story. Now, she also had quite the way of like embellishing her stories. (laughs) However, I'm convinced that this is true because I love it. And um, she thinks that she only got an interview because they thought her name was Harry, not Harriet. And uh, however, she got an interview um, she got the job and she started working for the Mickey Mouse Club and she was responsible for designing the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and helping build that. Um, and that's when Walt sort of plucked her and put her into WED, which the studio was called back then, um, to start working on the Disneyland project. Um, <laughs> that's the so best cool. part of all of it. Yeah. <laughs> so this is 1955. Yeah. She started working very early in the year. Um, and they threw that park together in a matter of months. <laughs> that is always such a wild thing, uh, mm-hmm. discussing Disneyland's opening mm-hmm. and our favorite fact is always that the cement wasn't dry. I know. So that's, I, I think, think that's, that's probably the most famous fact that, really and the is, fact yeah. that like, 
It was honestly, it was like a disaster of a day. The tele, like the television broadcast went went spectacularly and it looked amazing. And I think they had more viewership than any TV program had ever had in the history of history. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And, uh, but in person, it was like a nightmare, you know, it was like they ran out of food. Yeah. They ran out of like, like women were buying out all of the moccasins in Adventureland because their heels were sinking. Um, People were jumping the fence. Some guy had was like charging five bucks a head to climb a ladder and hop the fence into the park. Oh my and that's, god! And back then, that's a that's a good amount of money. To, yeah, he's, to he's making some good money yeah. there. I'm yeah. Sure. Oh, it was more than park admission costs for sure, <laughs> <laughs> which was like three dollars. Right. Right. That's <laughs> God, crazy can you imagine? Uh. Have you ever been to Marceline? No, I have not. We we swung through there. Like uh, we did, like cross country, not together during uh, the COVID times. We both times. went back to our own places, and then as she was coming back out here, we're, it's not that far from my hometown. So we're like, yeah, let's swing through there. And they had like the video playing mm-hmm. of the opening day, and it is fun to watch because on it is it on does his look sister's good. Old TV, yeah. like they mm-hmm. had it all protected and stuff. But it was cool to like kind of be in that moment. Um, and so what. So she started working at WED. Mm-hmm. Um, what was her initial job like? Um, so she was uh, originally recruited to the model shop, which she continued to work on and in all throughout her career. Um, she had a specialty at building uh, scale models. And so she did um, many of the models for uh, the you know the castle mm-hmm. <laughs> for starters with Fred Jurger that was a joint project. Um, she you know worked on the models for Pirates of the Caribbean and um, we there's the iconic story of Candy Mountain which got scrapped and turned into the Matterhorn. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know they were building they we have photos of them building this absolutely massive. I mean scale but massive model of the mountain with all of this real candy that's cool oh my gosh Um, and they were given permission to use real candy because they wanted it to look real when they built it you know in full size um but when walt came in and decided to scrap it um again the, the the story goes that he walked in and said you know when people have their dinner they like they have their meat and their potatoes and their veggies on the side and then they have a little bit of dessert at the end this is all dessert. It needs to go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and so he scrapped it. And um, my grandma took a whole bag full of rock candy uh, home to my mom, mm-hmm. who then took it to school and ate it with all of her friends. Uh, <laughs> oh, she was the popular kid in school for sure. <laughs> However, fun fact, we still have... A small handful of That's some of cool. those rock candy pieces that came oh, really? off of the original Candy Mountain model. That's so cool. They are totally like, you know, uh, what's the word? Um, Expired. Petrified. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like fully not edible, and sure. nor do they attract any critters because yeah. there's, it's like not like... Yeah. yeah, even possible to consume anymore. Right. But um, we hang them on our Christmas tree every year oh, that's as so little cute. Christmas decorations. That is that is very cool. <laughs> nice. um, did your did Harriet like I don't know whether to say your grandma or like Miss Burns or Harriet? I don't know Harriet or my grandma or whatever you want to call her. <laughs> what did G Mama say? Uh, what, did she like Walt? Yes. So she loved working with him. She had so much respect for him, and. Um, it is said that she was his favorite um, <laughs> because, again, she was this woman mm-hmm. working in a guy's world yeah. With, yeah. with the men. And so she kind of had to hang. Uh, and 
she was also incredibly gorgeous. Mm. Um, and she is very well known for her sense of style and her fashion and her sort of picture perfect appearance at all times, despite the fact that she was handling table saws and, you know, <laughs> doing all this kind of shop work with That's paint cool. and working with chemicals. And she, but she was in her pumps and she would wear her skirt and her classic iconic scarf around the neck. And she had an updo. And oh my gosh, women are so much better than men. Just <laughs> sorry, men. I, no, you're right. <laughs> like yeah, that honestly, is, God, that's, that's amazing. That's, yeah. She'd be like soldering, so cool. yeah. um, in a designer, yeah. Like skirt suit. Like that's so fun. <laughs> um, and so Walt, I think he also just loved the Imagineering shop. I think it was his favorite place to go because it was like all of a sudden he could go and play. He yeah. could like turn into a kid. And so he yeah. would visit the model shop and wed a lot. Um, and he, as well as many of the men, could be found just hanging around grandma's desk <laughs> and, you know, kind of flirting. And she, she would flirt back. And it was also a very... Um, they had kind of like a raunchy sense of humor. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> oh, I um, they were like, they were, they were pretty dirty. Um, but she, she could like sling the humor right back at them, which is something that I never saw, never knew, never heard. Couldn't really? imagine until after she passed away and we started meeting her colleagues and her old friends and they would tell these stories and I'd be like, I'm sorry, you have the, you have the <laughs> wrong person because when we were with my grandmother, it was always just perfect buttoned up. We had to practice our grandma manners before she came. No. Like, I'm not even kidding. There were no elbows on the table uh, at dinner and we had to sit up straight. There was no slouching and it was so proper. And she had very high standards for my mom and for both my sister and I. And so when I heard about this like joke slinging dirty, like (laughs) girl who could like keep up with the dudes, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> who is that? Who is that? Um, yeah, I mean, in reading about what it was like in the early days of WED, it was like, if Walt's not there, this is a boy's town mm-hmm. and we party hard. And I mean, the cartoon artist, like there's lots of history of very oh, yeah. um, inappropriate cartoons. Oh, we have some, we have some handmade cards they would all exchange cards for holidays birthdays and whatever and mm-hmm. we found several in my grandma's collection because she was also kind of a hoarder and never threw anything out <laughs> that's great for um, you i know right yeah. <laughs> well it took literally months to go through her house after she passed away i think it was like a two-year process wow. oh my gosh um but we found so many treasures including like a whole collection of hand-drawn cards that they would exchange in the shop that's cool. and some of them are uh, quite risque. <laughs> <laughs> um, stuff's so neat, though. I mean, like, it's, like, true. Like, uh, how... So she started in 55 or mm-hmm. so, right? And then, like, how long was she part of WED? Um, well, so she worked for Disney until 1986. Oh, wow. She retired okay, so. wow. after the opening of Epcot. She did work on Epcot. Yeah. Um, and so she saw, she saw it all the way through, you know, the golden age while Walt was there. Walt's passing, as well as... Um, the building and design of Epcot and Disney World. Um, Obviously, she had, you know, a hand in uh, Magic Kingdom because that was essentially a replica of Disneyland. But I also, I think she talks more, she would talk more excitedly about Epcot because that was a more creative and exciting, you know, new kind of project um, that they were excited to work on. Mm -hmm. So outside of uh, the modeling, what other things did she do? Because I knew she does did a lot more mm-hmm. while she was there. Her other primary role was figure finishing, 
which um, she worked very closely with Blaine Gibson, the sculptor, um, originally animator turned sculptor. Um, and he later became extremely close with our family. And after they were both widowed, they sort of became sweethearts. Aww. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. That's so and cute. so we got to know Blaine much later. Um, and I sort of, he told us, you know, we could call him like Pops or Grandpops or Aww. whatever. Cute. So because I had never actually known my grandfather, Aww. that was yeah. really special for me. But anyway, back to the actual history. <laughs> well, no, I think that's no, really interesting. No, this is the good history, okay? <laughs> Um, We've also done a lot of things about Blaine Gibson. So he's yeah. Up, yeah. 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 Oh, he was just so he was so wonderful. Um, he and my grandmother would work very closely together, and they had a very respectful, you know, revered relationship with mm-hmm. each other. There mm-hmm. was never any kind of like funny business. Sure. Um, and he would do the sculpture, and then she would come in and finish it. Essentially, mm-hmm. turn it into a real person figure really animal cool. oh, wow. thing yeah. so like hall of presidents that's what i was gonna say clearly then she was the other half of that hall of presidents mm-hmm. uh, yes greatness so he did the sculptures obviously for mm-hmm. all of the hall of presidents busts and then she would come in and she would add the hair the eyes the skin she'd wow. paint the yeah. you know the sort of any imperfections on the face mm-hmm. and um all that kind of stuff. She also did that same work on the Tiki Birds, which was the first animatronic. Yeah. Um, and that was her one of her biggest challenges. As the first animatronic, they hadn't quite figured out how to make these things move and still maintain realism. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one of the stories that she tells in an interview that I heard uh, is that she was having so much trouble finding the fabric that would both expand and contract because Walt would come in and, and he told them, you know, these, these birds are going to talk and they're going to sing and they're going to move their heads and chirp their beaks and they're going to breathe. And she goes, breathe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do that. And um, the video of it, and I think it's on YouTube. I saw this interview of somebody interviewing her and, and the face she makes is hysterical. If you can find it, great. <laughs> um, and uh, so she because like spandex wasn't really a thing yeah. yet sure. in fabrics. Yeah. And so she was going through all the fabrics known to man that had any kind of stretch in them and they would expand just fine. And then when the breastplate would uh, contract again, everything would bunch and wrinkle and yeah. it would look awful. And she noticed one day when Walt was talking to them and gesturing with his hands that he was wearing his favorite blue sweater. And she started looking at his elbow and he bent his elbow and straightened his elbow. And she was like, that fabric looks great. And it goes along with his motion and it, okay, what is that? (laughs) And so she ended up being inspired by Walt's elbow and his blue sweater, which turned out to be some kind of a wool, Oh, I forget what she she said the actual fabric was, sure, yeah, but it yeah. also turned out to be the same fabric that my mom used in her cheerleading uniform. What? Oh, weird. So That's she cool. experimented. I think she stole some of my mom's cheerleading outfits or maybe just some fabric from cheerleader uh, uniforms. Sure. Oh my gosh. And experimented with that. And that's what works. That's with so cool. The birds. And yeah. then they put it through a bunch of tests and they, they, you know, cause it had to go through like 40 shows a day or something right. like they that. Have a million and a half feathers. I wonder how many feathers they went through to make. So many, I'm <laughs> sure. Yeah. But yeah, they had to go in and they applied all the feathers. And so that's the figure finishing job that she would do. She did the same sense. thing on like pretty much every single doll in small world. Wow. Um, all of the animals we know, we know we have, I think some photos of her working on the African creatures in that room, the hippo and the giraffes and the hyenas. She tells the story about the hyenas 
because they had to have kind of curly hair that was a little gnarly. Mm-hmm. And um, she could not figure it out how to make the curls uh-huh. set and stay. Yeah. And so she ended up sending one of their like errand boys out to... Errand um, boys. An errand boy. <laughs> out to like a drugstore. And he had him pick up like... They wiped the store out essentially of all of the perm sets. Oh, wow. Oh. And so they literally permed the hyena's hair to try and make it curl. Wild. <laughs> oh, my that's, gosh. That's, that she, that, that's interesting. And I imagine like a lot of these like stories and facts and stuff came up as you were like at the parts with her or like just sitting around. Is there do you is there like one thing that she like Kelly has a favorite fact about a petrified tree, I believe. Uh, <laughs> Love that freaking tree. <laughs> do you did she have like one that was like clearly her? Her like, oh, and that was the hardest thing, and I managed to do it, and it was really cool. Um, I think my favorite story of all of her projects that I just always thought was such a giggle was the story about the pirate mm. um, in Pirates of the Caribbean who sits on the bridge with his leg hanging yeah. down. And, and he's the hairy leg. He is yeah. the hairy leg. Yes. So, um, and I've told this story, you know, I feel like a hundred times, but it's still my favorite. And she was having trouble finding the right model to kind of build this pirate off of. And um, it turned out that she chose the their milkman. Oh because my they that was still back in the days where milk uh-huh. was delivered cool. yeah. by a milkman in glass <laughs> bottles. And um, I guess she went to like answer the door and get the milk and like looked at this guy and he was all hairy with a long beard and he kind of wore like the baggy pants. Uh-huh. Um, so little does he know he's That's so infamous. Funny. That's so funny. <laughs> That's um, no matter what, without fail. Whenever we're on Pirates of the Caribbean with my mom, in that moment she always looks up and she's like, "I just love that he even has hair on his leg." <laughs> so, and the hair on the leg is also famous because my grandma had to individually place <gasps> each and every wow. single hair. That's why. God. Well, I'll tell my mom, or she'll listen to this. Hi, mom. Uh, <laughs> okay. So not only does she have to be like a brilliant artist of different facets, it's not like she can have one art skill and stick with that. It's clear that she's transcending to all different Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. parts of uh, the physical art world. But she also has to have patience like nobody. I can't even imagine. No, I I would die. I would die. (laughs) To put every single hair in on a man's leg. Yeah, I get annoyed having to edit this podcast sometimes. That's not nearly that level. Uh, That's so interesting. And it also sounds like she, you alluded to earlier, how she had like a very like visual creative brain. Mm -hmm. Um, That's clearly in all the stories you said, like just to be like sitting and listening to somebody talk and be like, hmm, what about the elbow on your sweater? I think that that might be the thing. It's so interesting. It's cool. Um, I actually, I remembered my other favorite story about my grandma it's maybe it's tied with the milkman Mm. pirate (laughs) but um the story about the uh robin in mary poppins Mm. because in addition to working in the parks my grandma would do some you know live action uh design for when when it was required for a film Mm -hmm. cool and so she made the robin feathering in his nest in spoonful of sugar in mary poppins oh wow which is an animatronic bird yeah that's cool uh and um the the robin itself <laughs> create, created several different stories that are all very fun to tell because they started with um, a minor bird that Walt gifted to the shop in order to help, uh, I think, work on the, both the tiki birds and on this robin so that they actually had a real bird to look at and design after. Um, and this minor bird learned to talk. 
Um, and as we were talking about before, they all had a very, you know, uh-huh. raunchy sense of humor yeah. in the shop. <laughs> and um, Walt would uh, often give tours to donors or sponsors and CEOs and VIPs and whatever and take them through the shop and show them what they were all, all working on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and he would love to come in and like the really highfalutin, you know, <laughs> of course. people who had probably lots of money to give. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, he would bring them in and, and wanted to show them this, the Robin because it had like a ring or something. That's how it sat mm. on the finger. And there was a control on the ring that made the bird move. That's cool. And so he would want to like do that and like show the people his fun little of course. bird yeah. trick. Um, but the minor bird. Um, had learned to talk and had learned several choice four-letter words. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so I think one time he came in with some fancy VIP person and <laughs> the the bird just started saying, damn it, damn it. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> and I hope that's okay to say on the podcast. Yeah, it's fine. Kids muff. Uh, it's history. It's, it's part of history. So. <laughs> yes. Um, and so that was embarrassing. But, but then the other thing about that Robin is that apparently Robins and Robin skins are uh, like a federally protected bird. Hmm. Oh. And so they're nearly impossible to get any kind of, uh, you know, Robin skin or taxidermy or whatever. Sure. Um, and my grandma wanted a real robin skin to put on the bird to make it look incredibly realistic yep. which it does right. but she went to, she had to go to so much effort and make so many calls <laughs> to try and find this skin and i guess there was a museum that had like one single one within like a you know 50 mile radius or something like that oh my gosh um and i think it cost i don't know a gajillion dollars <laughs> um, well it's like it's worth it Here yeah but that is Mary Poppins' spoonful of sugar robin that she created. And, and now I'm going to look for, like, the ring. I feel like that's cool. Yeah, I want to find, kid. like, how she's holding it. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and watch that scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. So I'm curious, like, you enter the park and you're aware that this is, like, grandma's work, place of work. It's mm-hmm. not even just, like, here's the magical place, like your niece or, you know, might feel right now. Um what is just if you were as you walk through the park, what are some things that she would always point out to you? Hmm, that's a good question. I don't really remember. Um, you don't have to remember. No, I I mean, I'm sure she did point stuff out and it, and it changed probably every time. But we were also like, I was just so into the rides. I was just like, let's go ride rides. Cool. I know you worked on that. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That makes well, sense. yeah, I mean, you're a kid, of course. I know, I know. And, it, and really, it didn't sink into me, you know, that she was like a big deal until after her death. Mm. Um, and so it was just like, yeah, we get to go to Disneyland with grandma. This is cool. We sure. get in for free. Awesome. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, which we do not anymore, sadly. Oh, but That's such a bummer. <laughs> but she had a silver pass, which gets the guest and... Uh, I think four guests mm. in. Um, and so that was always really fun. But I think I also just took it for granted a little bit at the time, which makes me a little sad now. But sure. how could I have known? I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and then it was after she passed away. And it was really her memorial that was incredibly eye-opening. Her memorial and just going through the treasure trove of her house mm-hmm. that we started to realize, like, really how cool she is. What a big deal she was. And... Then my mom and my sister created the book, we call it, and it's um, the uh, Walt Disney's First Lady of Imagineering 
Harriet Burns uh, book that we put together inspired by the memorial when everybody started coming up to my mom mm-hmm. and just telling her all of these incredible stories about grandma that we had never heard or, and just hearing how much she had touched people in very different ways. Oh, that's yeah. really cool. And so my mom decided to compile this book of entries from friends, family members, co-workers, colleagues, um, of just all the, sort of the collection that paints a picture of who she was in all of her facets of life. Um, and uh, so when they did the book tour and then fans would come up and go crazy and like want them to sign it. And, and they're like, it was so eye opening. They were like, Oh, Oh my God. Like people really know who she is and they really yeah. love her. And it's, that's so cool. It's so lovely. I felt, I felt like we found that like, no matter who we talked to, like, cause I mentioned Marceline earlier when we went there and we talked to other people like Mark Silverman or other people that have like been affiliated with the parks from time to time. And like, it always comes back to like, the parks are great. The rides are great. The IP's cool. It's the people that make it right. And it's mm-hmm. like the, those are the people that like, it's the cast member that does the little, uh, water Mickey sign that you just happen to walk by or whatever, or the people that have worked for 30 years, mm-hmm. uh, designing the creatures that make, that make all the difference. And that's what people like, that's, I think what draws people to Disney. Oh yeah. I think what is really cool. And I, I'm sure that you think about this is like somebody to you that is family. That was just, like you said, that was grandma and she gets us in for free and that's dope. Like, <laughs> thanks grandma. Um, like, has impacted millions of people ultimately because everybody looks at these at the intricacies of the rides of these characters and they don't know why they care so much and why it means so much to them but it does and then nerds that get too into it uh then they do know why what's (laughs) happening um I have to ask because, duh. Um, so I know she worked on Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. I want to know everything. <laughs> Haunted Mansion's your favorite? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she usually does wear like a, some type of like Disney shirt. Usually I'm sort, wearing a Disney but... shirt. Today I was so hot that I'm wearing the thinnest tank top I own. Which do, is totally valid because it's like 110 degrees out. Oh, oh, but I'm wearing a Haunted Mansion necklace oh, today. I brought it up for a reason. Um, so the most infamous Haunted Mansion story that I know of my, that relates specifically to my grandma, um, and of course she worked on all the figures and the ghosts and everything. Mm-hmm. We have a photo of her working on the birthday cake ghost, mm-hmm, cool. um, the, the woman blowing out the candles yeah, yeah, the yeah. Ball in, the, awesome. in the ballroom. Um, and so I, I know that she did a lot of that, just a lot of the figure finishing again on many of those uh, animatronics. Um, but the coolest one, or the almost super cool one <laughs> was that she was almost Madam Harriet, oh. not Madam Leota. Um, she was a, she was originally chosen to do a screen test for mm-hmm. Madam Leota or would have been Madam Harriet. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we have photos of her wrapped up in this, you know, That's black so cool. thing so that it's like up against a black background. Yeah. So it's just her head, like from the neck up. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, the story goes that her features were in fact too petite. <laughs> she was just the teeny tiniest little daintiest thing. And uh, they didn't think that the features were strong enough to really like impact and show up on, the, on the, the, um, the crystal ball. Yeah. So they ended up going with Leoto Tombs. Um, oh, that's, man. Very, that's very cool though. <laughs> yeah. That would have been, that would have been wild. Yeah. That, I would have, I have heard the story of, um, 
you know, going through and people being like, that's grandma's face and that's grandma's voice. And, yeah. you know, um, Kim Irvine. Kim Irvine, yeah. yes. Like talking to about her, telling her children, that kind of thing. Um, I do think that's wild. I can't imagine. Yeah, I could ride. Anytime I go, I ride Haunted Mansion like a couple times. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um now, the, this finishing, this figure finishing, mm-hmm. was she kind of like the one to do it? Because, I mean, I think of how many animatronics there are. Mm-hmm. Like That's definitely the impression that I got. Um, and she was the first one. So she was the original one to do it. And it was uh, after, or it was when they were assigned the Tiki Birds for the Tiki Room that she actually got to recruit all of the other ladies. So up until the Tiki Room, she was the only woman working in the shop. And then they sort of let her assemble her own team for the yeah. Tiki Birds. And so she brought in the girls. Yes, she did. Um, and so that was, <laughs> uh, and forgive me, I'm going to blank on some of these names, but like Glendra and um, there's this kind of iconic photo of like three or four women mm-hmm. working on all the birds with just feathers freaking everywhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I recently learned that, that it was my grandma who got to bring in um, all of the other women to start working on the tiki birds and do the feathers and I love it was it. just such a large project there yeah, was yeah. so many birds to do that yeah. there was no way she could do it all by herself it is so interesting to me that Walt Disney you know company and wed you know any any facet of that was such a boys club mm-hmm. because it's so artistic and I feel like so often at least now it's like girls are artsy and boys play sports not, and that's not how it should be by any means no for sure but that's typically like i don't know it I, is it is interesting traditionally that from the 50s it was that these guys like these cool guys were like drawing cartoons you know <laughs> it's true yeah 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 i always i always find it kind of you know, in a lot of like the imagineering stories or the old like whatever, it's almost always like these these cute and very old like white men, mm-hmm. uh, and and I like that you know at least championing bringing in yeah. her yeah, girls as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's good. Yeah, and she, I know that she also had a lot of respect working with like Mary Blair. She loved yeah, that. For sure. And uh, Alice friends? Davis. I think they were friends. I don't think they worked like closely. Um, on any particular projects. I mean, obviously Mary Blair had so much influence on Small World, but I yeah. Rolly Crump was the one who ultimately did the facade. Um, and his inspiration from Mary Blair for the design of Small yeah. World. Yeah. Um, and, but I know that my grandma had to study the look and the art design of, you know, Mary Blair's style in order to achieve the figure finishing that she did on all of the dolls that and the figures. Yeah. Um, We're big fan, uh, fans of Rolly Crump in this house. Me yeah. too. So he's great. <laughs> I love great. Rolly. He is so funny. I met him a couple of times. Oh, that's nice. So cool. um, he he's was, still alive, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, he was at the memorial, which is kind of where we met everybody, honestly. Sure. Um, he, Rolly and Bob Gurr, they were my two favorites. Um, oh my gosh, those yeah. are our two. I love Bob Gurr. Yeah, yeah. He's he is such a showman. Oh my god. Yes. He's like, look at me, I'm Bob. Gurr. Well, of all the um, of all the times, we're at my grandmother's memorial service, mm-hmm. and my sister and I are there, and we start talking to Bob Gurr, and we're like weeping, laughing, mm-hmm. like not weeping, like crying because we lost our grandma, yeah. weeping because he's so funny and oh. telling all of these ridiculous stories. So I That's love great. Bob Gurr. Oh my great. gosh. Mm. It, I did this is just me being curious I suppose but like clearly uh, your grandma was very artistic 
um, and a performer in ways too. Is that what like kind of inspired you to kind of follow in those footsteps or like, how did you come to where you're, where you are? Yeah. Well, um, so I know that growing up, my grandmother loved Shirley Temple, idolized her. Mm -hmm. And I think she actually might have had some performing talent. She could sing well and she played the piano incredibly well. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think she liked to tap dance because of Shirley Temple, Aww. which was appropriate because her maiden name was Tap. Oh, oh cool. T-A-P-P. <laughs> yeah. And her nickname was Tippy. Oh, cute. So she, growing up, she was Tippy Tap. Tippy Tap. Um, and there are family members, extended family members, who still call her Tippy or Aunt Tippy to this yeah. day. Oh, my gosh. Um, and uh, so she did have a little bit of a performance flair, but I think her parents, who were extremely strict and had mm -hmm. very high standards. Um, I think they frowned upon performing and they thought it, you know, cause back in that yeah. day it was like vaudeville and it yeah. was kind of lowbrow. Yeah. Um, and so she didn't do that. She ended up going to art school, even though I don't think they were very happy about that either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think they would have preferred that she like became like a Latin teacher or something yeah. like that. <laughs> like, um, I know that her mom, but that Latin, her mom was a teacher and she thought that Latin was just like the root of all language and so yeah. yeah. I mean, we, I'm thankful that she did not become yeah, a Yeah, aren't we all? I'm also <laughs> thankful. Though I do love Latin. Well, that's I, interesting. I, took I didn't for know five, that about what? you. I took for five years. I was the president of my Latin club. I got a five on my AP test. <laughs> what more do you want from me? <laughs> just you to stop. Very impressive. Five on your AP test. Wow. Um, I like failed uh, other AP tests. But. <laughs> but the other thing was because they were depression era kids and uh, my great aunt Susie, her only living sibling, um, remaining living sibling, um, will tell us, you know, how they, they just kind of created toys out of nothing. You know, they made paper dolls and that's what they played well. with. And they would take whatever you know, discarded scrap of something and turn it into a dress or a bow or, yeah. or something like that. And so she got very creative kind of out of necessity um, growing up in the Depression era. And um, that became sort of a theme as she continued and worked at Disney. Like I said, she was a hoarder. She would never throw anything out <laughs> because anything could be useful for a project at sense. any given time. Right. Yeah. And so... Um, when she, when she passed away, we had to go through what we call the wrapping paper room. And I kid you not, it was an entire room. It was like the office or something that you could not fully open the door because what? there was so much wrapping supplies. That's wild. Um, and she was incredibly um, like dedicated to sending out a card or a gift or a That's thank sweet. you I love, I love to every single person. And we'd find sticky notes all over the house and on calendars and things. So-and-so's birthday and, Aww. you know, whatever. And so, and people remember that, you know, that she would always yeah. send them something, but like that resulted in a very <laughs> um, impacted wrapping paper collection and crafts collection because she, she would just use anything. Sometimes she would even use like my mom's, uh, when my mom was a kid, like her costumes or art supplies. And yeah. she'd be like, oh, I'm going to take this to the shop and use it. Um, <laughs> so like anything could be useful at any given time. And that kind of came out of her childhood. I feel like that's one of those moments where it's not Imagineer, you know, Disney legend grandma. That's hoarder grandma. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh <-huh>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but I almost think that same mentality feeds into that, or like create, like just being able to see the p- potential in anything. Yes. Um, is oh what, yeah. What gets you to that imagineering level, but also ends up with a wrapping paper room. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Pros and cons. Yeah. Two sides of the same coin. <laughs> Did your mom ever have the desire to follow in your grandma's footsteps? No, my mom was a big old hippie rebel. Um, <laughs> That's great. That's great. So, um, and they, you know, they clashed a little bit, especially sure. as my mom became a teenager. Oh, sure. Um, and my mom wanted to like get her hair permed and do all this crazy stuff. And my grandmother did not like that. Um, and it's of the time. I know. Yeah. I know. And then my mom really, you know, came into teenhood like in the 60s and you know, was in her 20s in the 70s and so really kind of embraced the hippie movement, which was very, it was just like the antithesis of everything mm-hmm. my grandma was, mm-hmm. which yeah. was just like prim and proper and perfect with her scarves and her updos and her designer suits. Um, <laughs> so, and my mom ended up going into psychology. She became a marriage and family therapist. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it couldn't have been more different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Both are helping people. That's so, true. you know. Okay. As we're getting closer to the edge here, and because we have you, and you're not a textbook, you know, you actually have these fun, crazy facts. Um, what is like some tea from the Imagineering <laughs> department? Oh, like spill the tea? Yeah, like what is some fun, mm. like, like thing that you're, that you're like, what? Well, I mean, we talked about just like how dirty they were. Yeah, that was that's definitely true. some tea. That's what inspired the question. <laughs> I know. Um, but I don't know if there's anything like specific. Oh, oh, this is a fun one. Okay, this is some tea. I hope Rolly Crump doesn't come after me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think when Rolly was a little bit newer mm-hmm. um, to the team when he had gotten pulled into Imagineering, um, he was trying to... Oh gosh, he was trying to fund like his something for his kid, like a bike or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, my grandma was going to get something like from his desk just to I, I don't know why, but ended up finding his sketchbook, which was um, uh, of naked women. Oh no! <laughs> so it I was knew you were whole, my favorite. It was this whole collection of these sort of like posing unclothed ladies oh my gosh and (laughs) i think now i hope this is 100 percent true so if it's not then just forgive me but um it's it's, it's, some of it's just hearsay yeah Yeah, i'm sure but it's always fun to imagine that it's true um is that she took his sketchbook and uh everybody was like oh what's that and she goes rolly you know (laughs) (laughs) and so she started charging um like a dime for a peep at rolly's sketchbook. oh my god and helped him raise the money to pay for either the bike or whatever it was that he was trying to pay for (laughs) but he was mortified and then all of a sudden he got this you know reputation and that he totally leaned into it i mean he's like he's great yeah um but yeah so it was all of these these like raunchy sketches that amazing my grandma stole and started like offering as like peep shows to people (laughs) had she i mean to be the only lady in that club yeah you gotta and to run it it sounds oh yeah you have to be in charge that's so cool Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. you gotta tell those boys how to behave (laughs) yeah (laughs) absolutely um so I guess to kind of close up the Harriet Burns chapter here, um, what do you think that she would want people to, that you know, the Disney fans, like geeks like myself, mm-hmm. you know, to when she, they go to the parks to think of, especially when things are a little weird in the parks right now. Like mm-hmm. what was something she kind of stood for? 
Honestly, I think she would want everybody to just remember Walt and his vision. Mm. Um, I think they all so believed in him as their leader Mm -hmm. and had so much respect for him and what he could see that nobody else could. Mm. Um, You know, he would come in and ask these totally wild things of them um, for new projects. And they all were like, oh, my God, you're crazy. This is totally impossible. But you just they you never said no. Yeah, that was kind of the rule. You never said no to Walt. You just figured it out. And it was his sort of ingenuity and his genius that pushed them all to then create these things that had literally never been done before. Um, And I think that's definitely what what is encapsulated by the spirit of the original team that those old days the the og crew you know yeah Yeah. is that they really all worked together as a team and they all loved working with each other and it was such a collaborative environment it was never about like i did this now i came up with this it was just like who cares who came up with it we need it's it's good (laughs) yeah let's just create the best possible thing um and i think she would definitely want Walt to be remembered for that, which he is. But I think sometimes the original heart of why they did what they did sometimes gets, gets lost. Yeah I, yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, I think we agree pretty hard. I'm glad we did this before I go to Disneyland tomorrow because I'm going to be like in my geeky, like very excited mode now. <laughs> that's great. Mm-hmm. And when you're there, be sure to stop by and see my grandmother's window on yeah. Main Street. Um, her window, which is, I believe it says Harriet's Handmade Miniatures. Um, and it's just to the right of the fire department. Uh-huh. And so when you're when you're standing right in front of the fire department, turn right. It's an upstairs. It's on the second story window. And lately, at least the last time I was there, the flowers in the flower box were nicely trimmed so you could actually read the window. Oh, nice. Um, That's great. I know. Oftentimes if there's flowers, yeah. it's very pretty, but you can't really see the name. Um, but yeah, Harriet's Handmade Miniatures, and it has a little rocking horse, I think, on the window. And it's right there to the right upstairs um, next to the fire department. So check it oh, out next yes. time there. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I love those windows. Me I, too. I geek out. I'll sit there by myself and be like, this is who that is. And everyone's like, we don't care, Kelly. We, <laughs> we want to go home. Time. Yeah, they're like, it is midnight. <laughs> like, it's time to go home. Do you have anything to plug? Yeah, tell us tell us what you're doing. Um. So, yeah, I mean... I'm working on a lot of different voiceover projects right now, mm-hmm. um, mostly commercial. Um, so keep your ears open if you hear a very peppy <laughs> voice, maybe for Coles. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I've got I've got a few spots running out there for different companies, cool. um, and I'm really hoping to break into the world of animation. Hint, hint, Disney. Mm-hmm. Hey, Disney, what's up? <laughs> and then I also um, I actually sing with an all female pop oh, acapella group, and we recently cool. released a brand new single and video. Uh, music video that's oh my awesome. gosh that's awesome um, it's our cover of Ariana Grande's Dangerous Woman so go check that's that exciting. out where can um, people our, find that our name is Stiletta S-T-I-L-E-T-T-A um, very fun and uh, you can find that on YouTube right now so we'll throw um, a link in the show notes yeah where, and where can people follow you uh, I have a website. I'm HaleyClaire.com. No extra vowels. H-A-L-E-Y-C-L-A-I-R. It's uh, <laughs> a good way to describe it. Um, yes. And uh, I'm also on Instagram at Haley.Claire. And I may or may not be working on a uh, TikTok account that's going to be 
perhaps Disney musically inclined. Oh, yes. I'm excited to do that. it. Um, I'm yes, I am working on building up some content <laughs> for TikTok. Um, the TikTok account, if you want to go ahead and follow, there's nothing to see right now, but I'm working on some music for the Haley Sings Disney TikTok account. So fun. I love it. <laughs> well, thank you, Haley, for coming and sharing uh, your grandmother's story and your own story. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Yeah. I love talking about her, obviously. <laughs> I loved, you know, being her granddaughter. I'm very proud to be her granddaughter. That's sure. awesome. And this was so much fun. Thank you for having me. Thank Yay! you. That was so much fun. That was so cool. Um, we had to take a step out from this very hot room into the <laughs> air conditioning, and now we're back. We're back in. Um, and kind of reflecting, we were talking off the mic for a minute just about how special that was. Yes. And how that's really our favorite part of Disney is the history and how, and I, you know, I like what her kind of closing moment there was Mm -hmm. about them working together and that it wasn't my project or your project. It was, Hey, let's just work together to create something great. Yeah. And I think, I think, yeah, I I really liked her closing statement there. And I was, uh, I think it's, it can oftentimes in any work, I found this in my own personal like day job stuff, and I think that it's worth it's bearing repeating here too on this show. Like sometimes you get so caught up in the granularities of things that you forget about like this thing didn't exist until we did it. Like you right, know, and I think that that can be the case. I think as she was saying is like they did so much as a part of that team. Sometimes now it can be easy to look back and be like, oh, I don't like how they did X or Y or Z, <coughs> but like at the end of the day there was a vision here about a a thing that did not exist and then went on to become one of the most iconic things in the world yeah that like to be part of that or it's so cool even the story and i think about like as she was talking a part of me was like maybe i love this so much because it is like the origin of some of a different type of entertainment yeah um and then i was like like nasa you know nasa was the original and i'm like kelly these are where are you going with this in your brain? Like, this doesn't... Oh, yeah, that would have been one of those fun ones where it's like you figured it out in your head and then you, like, try to communicate it in a question and we're like, uh, yeah, I guess it is like, <laughs> it's like NASA. <laughs> but, you know, her telling the story about her grandmother looking at Walt's sweater and yeah. just the fact that that fabric didn't exist yet and yeah. just the challenges of the time, but still we... Like, I don't want Haunted Mansion to change. No, yeah. Like, if they updated the technology, it would lose a lot of that. Yeah, the absolutely. coolness of it. Yeah. Um, and my mom would lose her leg hair on her pirate. You know, it would just, oh, all in all, would be great. I think the Milkman story might be my favorite. A lot of the stories are great, but I think the Milkman inspiring the, the hairy leg is I, just, that's so good. So good. Yeah. Like, I mean, all the stories that she had were amazing. And I feel really lucky that we got to have her I do on. Too. I do too. That's very cool. So technically, thank you, Sarah, for introducing <laughs> us to Haley. Thank you so much, Haley, for coming on. Um, again, make sure that you go and follow all of her socials um she's really awesome and excited to hear her Haley does disney on tiktok yeah um uh, thank you for giving us such a huge piece of history with your grandmother harriet burns uh, that was super great it was so fun i don't have enough exciting words to share how happy i am <laughs> um well if you also thought it was super great um reach out and let us know you can do most you find most of our stuff on sliceofdisney.com if you listen this far by now you probably know that uh but you can also find us on facebook and instagram at slice of disney yep that's it good job it's been Will. a minute I since know. i did that part i usually use I know. Do twitter we switched it 
You can also find us at uh, Twitter on at the Twitter on the Twitter. We are. It's real warm in here, guys. Yeah, we're, this is funny. You can find us on Twitter at slice underscore of underscore Disney. Or email us at sliceofdisneypod at gmail.com. Yeah, for any uh, any inquiries. And don't forget, also if you want, uh, I post a lot of Disney stuff on my TikTok. It's, but it's, it's Kelly Washington, so it isn't a Disney name. Um, and don't forget our Patreon. Our Patreon allows us to keep doing this. Um, we have great movie nights and make special episodes and have really built an awesome community of people. So please go check that out if you like supporting us and making us happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I hope everyone has a wonderful week and it is filled with all of the magic I'm feeling right now. And we'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye.